Welcome to the PopGo Project Podcast, a platform for the discussion and discovery of arts and entertainment. We focus on highlighting people and events that add value to the world around us. Visit us on all social media platforms by searching The PopGo Project or visit our website at thepopgoproject.com. Welcome to the show and thank you so much for listening. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services. Contact Keller's today and get your yard cleaned up before that dirty old man winter comes. I hate to say it, but he's on his way. The mornings are cold. They're frigid. I don't like it. I'm turning the uh, the steering wheel warmer on. I'm, I'm putting the seat warmers on. It's, it's just miserable. But contact Keller's today. And if you're looking for snow removal services during the winter months, they can take care of that for you too. Do not break your back this winter and leave the heavy lifting to the professionals at Keller's family owned and operated. Their team is looking forward to serving you Keller's garden center and landscaping services located on Kern street in Exeter near blue ribbon dairy. Find them on social media to learn more. Caleb. Hey. Caleb, welcome to the show. You're big time now. I'm honored to be here. Finally. <laughs> what are we, what are we going to do now? Um, you know, cuz uh, we, we worked together at Axel Rad Screen Printing and uh I feel like yeah. for years. Uh Yeah. Every day, every day I see you, you're like, "Hey, when do I get to come on the show?" and all the guys in the back, like Dante and all those guys like, "Hey, when are you having Caleb on?" And, Dante's uh, been harassing you. Here we are. <laughs> Finally. Yeah, yeah. So um, Caleb is a, a co-owner of uh, Bazaar Skate Shop in uh, downtown Scranton. Yeah. Are we looking at what, two years now? Uh, a little over two years. Our two-year two. anniversary was in October, but technically we got a sign in the door and got everything started around July. So maybe like two and a half years, okay. closer to three. All right. We'll We'll dig deeper into that. Yeah. Um, Caleb's also been in a few bands. Um, uh, you might know of a couple of them. One was Warren. You said you're not so much active in that anymore, but you are part of a new band called Choice to Make. Um, yeah. You're involved with uh, doing some show booking throughout the area. And, yeah. yeah. Um, kind of how this can be. You, you said today that you were uh, listening to my my episode with Ray Mione of uh, oh, yeah. Booking. And I'm like, sick, man. That's sick. You're the only person that probably ever listened to my show. So here we are. Oh, my God. That's not the truth <laughs> at all. But um, yeah, yeah. I've known Ray for years. I've been seeing him at shows since I was a little kid, you know. I, I honestly don't know the age difference. But uh, we'll both forever be like 15 in my brain, I guess. <laughs> I don't know what it's 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 funny. To me. I don't know why. But like I, I kind of see a lot of him and you and you and him. It's weird. I don't know why. Yeah, I, I realize, I, Caleb. We worked together. It's been almost three years. I don't, I don't really know yeah. you at all. I don't even know your last name. Really, really. It's it's a uh, Hartnett. So I didn't know that. <laughs> there you go. Now you know. So we're gonna spend yeah, more honestly, time. We we have worked together a long, a long time, but. Yeah. 
it's never really gone much past like little jokes and stuff with each other, you know. Yeah. So we're, we're gonna have so, to spend more time tonight. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. In the past three years, what are you drinking? Uh, Blizzard of hops. Oh, Trogues, nice. I um, so today actually, uh, as I as you were said to me that you're listening to my show, I was on my way to Fegley's Brew Works. Ooh, nice. And we print for them. Shout out yeah. Fegley's, and they have this Rude Elf's Reserve, and uh, so oh, I delivered yeah. their order today, um, and I grabbed a four pack of that. It's a, yeah, a, awesome. a a Belgian style ale brewed with spices, ten point five ABV. Oh my god! <laughs> I, may, I may not make it through this episode. Yeah, well, you got work tomorrow, bud. So better be mm. careful. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe Tony will yell at me if I. Yeah, yeah, but we both <laughs> got the winter beers going on, so it's perfect. I mean, it is December. Today is, is this is recorded. Today is oh man, yep. my, my my watch died. Today is what December sixth. Yeah, this will probably air in a couple of weeks. Cool. Well, yeah, holiday season. You know, the shop's busy. Um, yeah. Where do you want to start? Where do you want to start? I mean, I, I kind of want to start with like, who is Caleb? Again, I just found out your sure. your last name. Don't know much yeah. about you. <laughs> so maybe you know, my viewers, listeners uh, may not know you either. So uh, tell us a little bit about who Caleb is. Yeah. Um, I mean, chances are most people watching won't know who I am, but um, I don't know. I uh, co-own the skate shop in downtown Scranton Bazaar. Uh, I've been going to playing shows for most of my life and started booking a little more recently, but I wouldn't call myself like a, like a show booker quite yet. I think I got to kind of earn those stripes, but, but yeah, I mean, I've just been involved with, the music, art, skateboarding scene in this area since I was a little kid, you know, <clears throat> it's something I've always loved. And, uh, you know, if anyone watching does know me, it's probably from seeing little Caleb at like a punk show back in the day or like out uh, skateboarding or doing one form of art or another. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I mean, everything you do is very. <laughs> artistic right i mean you you screen print at axel rad yeah um you know you have this you know skate shop an art of skating um you said an artist um you know a musician that's obviously an art as well it's yeah i would say that people have this side of their brain that i don't have i don't have that part of the brain that uh can access those those uh those traits i guess you could say i I don't know i mean even just looking at like the background, the fact that you put in attention and detail to the home decor, that's an art form in its own right. You what, know? Back here? Yeah, it looks great. No, we'll see it. My wife, she does the she calls me the Grinch. I don't I don't really care for oh, Christmas, no. <laughs> so she bought me that. It's Grinch Street. Yeah. Uh I, she I softened it. me up over the years. Um I used yeah. to we used to every year we'd fight over during Christmas, like because she wants oh, no. to decorate early, like the week before uh thanksgiving even now we don't put the lights on until like the first week of december yeah but we're decorated we're we're ready to go and i for the years we would literally it was every year it was a a fight and it's my fault i'm just i guess i'm a grump (laughs) and um i want nothing i want no part of it but you know having kids um and just her over the past you know 15 years just kind of 
you know, wearing down those those sharp edges of the stone. Lightens you up a little bit, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's the kids. The kids really got me. Yeah, um, yeah. Know, seeing their face. My son's almost six years old now. Oh damn! I mean, I didn't know I had a kid. Yeah, me neither. I've got <laughs> but two. I mean, you've been doing it for six years. Yeah, I've got two kids now, and it's just like it's oh, fun wow. to see them. Yeah, it's really fun to see them. Um. But yeah, well, the the background here is just, I mean, there's some Christmas I mean, lights. This is I love cool. it. I'm a very festive person. I mean, I don't know if you can really see much of the decor in here, but I did a lot of lighting stuff. I'm a big fan of uh, festivities. So <laughs> well, you're in the, the skate shop now, right? <laughs> yeah, that's currently where I am. I stopped nice. by my parents' house in Scranton. I live in Wilkes Bear. So, so since cool. I was up here, I stopped by the shop. It's a great setting for what we're doing right now. Yeah, right. I love so, it. Yeah, so let's uh, dig into uh, Bizarre. A little over two years. Um, yeah. So not yeah. only you're, you're also an entrepreneur, and we have a bunch of those at the shop. I feel like, you know, Kate, yeah. Kate Kishba just opened up her oh, shop. I know. Shop Put Sunny. Up the candles right there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Shout out Shop <laughs> Sunny in Luzerne. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, Dave and Matt, the owners of Axelrad, entrepreneurs. Yeah, you started the skate shop. So, talk about. I mean, obviously, I mean, I know that you you're in the skating scene, so it kind of makes sense that you'd open a skate shop. But I yeah, mean, you know, not everyone just says, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna open up a, a shop, and then they actually do it. So, how did uh, Bizarre kind of come to be? Um. So, real quick, just to make a note on what you were saying earlier, it's a lot easier to get into the world of starting your own project, whether it be a business or a venue or whatever, when you're surrounded by like-minded people like that. And I think that's why Axelrad is so filled with like self-starters, you know, I mean, like we've all seen what each other are doing and are asking each other for advice. And I think that's really cool. But um, when Bizarre started, it was just like me and my buddy Tom texting each other, both trying to figure out what we were doing with our lives. <clears throat> and not that we thought that this would be like our career, that this would be the start of like the way we make a living, but we just needed something to kind of fill that gap of like, during the pandemic, our lives were changed a lot, not only by like the pandemic itself, but like, you know, um, we both had a lot of big life stuff going on, a lot of decisions that were made. And, you know, we were skating every day. And that was the one consistent thing is like, we had a big group of friends that all supported each other, all gave each other something to look forward to. And we just kind of started about like started talking about the idea of how cool it would be to have something like that. So instead of like hanging out in a freezing like parking garage in downtown in the middle of December, after skating, we could just go back to like a warm shop or something and watch videos and drink and hang out. Um, and then after a little bit, I just kind of texted Tom saying that we should do it. And part of me was like, the, the fearful side of me was like hoping he would kind of be like, Oh yeah, that'd be cool. Oh, 
I think I yeah. lost Caleb. I think I lost you. Oh no. Oh no. Are you there? Caleb, come back. I'm trying. There we go. Oh, there we go. Was it me or is it Where, you? I don't, I don't really know. I have no clue. You froze on my end also. Oh, so I can hear your voice, but I couldn't see the... That's weird. You fro you froze on me completely, so I apologize if it's my fault. But uh, uh, you, oh, were saying, okay. you were saying that um, you were kind of hoping Tom was kind of going to maybe blow you off. Oh, yeah. So... The fearful side of me was hoping that he would do that, but there was that part of me that genuinely wanted to make it happen, and he was instantly down, and then we each kept doing our little part to make, to keep the ball rolling, you know? And then once all of our friends saw it becoming more and more real, they all started pitching in, and then the snowball kept getting bigger, and then finally, I think it was 4th of July. It was the first Friday weekend of July. I think it was 4th of July weekend. And we put the sign in the window saying skate shop coming soon. And immediately I was hit with like major anxiety. And so was Tom. Because now it wasn't just like a little secret between us and our friends. Now it's public. So it's like we have to deliver. And then, you know, it just it just kind of slowly started piecing itself together. And honestly, like me and Tom are the owners, but I've said this before to other people, but like, it's not only owned by me and Tom. There is a whole crew of friends that have made it possible, whether they gifted us like an open sign or whether they built the shelves on the wall or helped us find display cabinets whatever it was like every piece was just as like fundamental and necessary as the next so and then now that it's like two and a half years past it's kind of crazy to look back and see that it has worked out so far one of our friends um from down bethlehem way he's the closest skate shop to us called home base shout out them because incredible skate shop. Um, but when they were giving us advice and stuff, uh, he said, uh, try to see where you want to be in five years with the shop. And that thought terrified me because it's like, I don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow, right. much less five years from now. But now it's been two and a half years. And I'm like, time flies so fast that to someone who's owned a skate shop for 20 years, five years is nothing, you mm -hmm. know? But at the time, it seemed like a giant undertaking or overtaking. I don't know which, but you get the idea. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like owning a business is hard. I mean, it's no secret. It, it is hard. Were there obstacles that you faced just getting the doors open? Because I feel like they don't make it easy. There's a lot of you know, red tape you got to get through and, and like, you know, licenses and, and <laughs> you know, permits and you name it. Like they, yeah. they basically, they, they, they literally climb up your asshole and, and, you know, ask to, to see everything. <laughs> um, You know, what obstacles, you know, did you kind of come across that and did it ever almost deter you from, from doing it? 
Uh, I don't know if it ever necessarily deterred us from doing it. Once we kind of had the plan set in place, I think our crew of friends wouldn't let us not go through with it. Once they saw the ball rolling, everyone was on board with it. And if we gave up, they would kick our ass and (laughs) make us change our minds. But I mean, I don't know, like the paperwork was obviously a pain in the ass and all the bureaucratic shit. It's never fun. But I mean, for the most part, we were lucky with how smooth of a process it was. Um, I mean, there were definitely some learning curves from the beginning to now. And I mean, we're still super young, so there's a lot more to come. But, um, you know, just figuring out how to order things properly, uh, the best way to do like merchandising and like the best way to go about. I don't know. There are so many different little things we had to figure out as we were going along. But the great thing was, is like, if we made a mistake, we would learn from it and then we would be able to be a better shop for that. And I mean, most of the stuff that makes us like exist or helps us exist as a shop are things that we love doing anyway. Um, Whether it be like skate jams or just building a community by hanging out with young kids that come in the door that want to skate that are looking for people to like go out skating with them. It's like all of those aspects are the things that we were looking forward to doing. And those are the reasons why we're still here. Um, But as far as things that were going to deter us from going on with it or that stressed us out, made it, a thought that it wouldn't keep going mostly just you know bureaucratic stuff and figuring out how to place orders properly and little the literal businessy side <laughs> of it yeah, <laughs> everything I mean, else would, is a piece of cake <laughs> would you say that you had a business plan going into it or just kind of like you know what we're just, we're just gonna you know roll the dice uh we're gonna bet on ourselves and and like you said, kind of navigate it and kind of figure it out as you went along because a lot of business people say you have to have a business plan. You got to, you got to, you got to do that. But there's some really brilliant people out there who started businesses who like, fuck that. Just, you know what? Just do it. Yeah. I mean, I think, and this goes with the approach to playing in bands, the approach to owning a business, the approach to doing any kind of creative project like that. I think book smarts are necessary to an extent, but unless you're performing open heart surgery, the most important factor is honesty and just being true to like what your passions are. Because I can even see with bands, if a band is on the technical side, making all the right decisions, but the relatability and the honesty isn't there. I couldn't give two shits about the band, whether it be booking them, going to see them, touring with them, whatever. And it's the same thing with the business. And I, you see that, especially with skate shops, record stores, comic book shops, if it has to do with like a specific niche interest, real recognize real at the end of the day. So if someone who's book smart opens a shop that doesn't 
care about skateboarding, but sees some form of like profitability in it. Real skaters are going to pick that out in a second. And that's what separates, I think, like a successful skate shop for one that exists for maybe two years and then doesn't work out. Because I can tell you right now, a skate shop is not the the treasure chest. Yeah, it's not a retirement plan. No, it's not. It's definitely a passion thing for sure. And I mean, that's the thing. It's like, that's why we do it because we're passionate about it. We have friends that make a living, but you know, if we never do, that's okay. We'll keep, we'll keep working at Axelrad or wherever and running the shop until we can't anymore, which hopefully won't be for a very long time. I hope so too. Um, you, you mentioned it about doing events and I, I've seen a lot of, you know, events, uh, sponsored by a bizarre skate shop and uh, it's not just, you know, local to Scranton. It's, you know, the, uh, the opening of the skate park in, in Wilkesbury. Uh, I feel like you've done some shows at Curry Donuts in Wilkesbury. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's cool that, you know, while your home base is Scranton, you know, it's, it's far from you know, where you're kind of limited to. You're definitely expanding the brand and the exposure to uh, other places. Yeah. I'm guessing that was probably very important to you guys. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I grew up living in Scranton, but I live in Wilkes-Barre now. Um, Well, Wilkes-Barre area, technically, but... Um, I mean, one thing that I hated when I was a little kid was all the cool stuff was going on somewhere that I wasn't. And I think an important thing to us is inclusivity, making sure that everyone gets to experience the shop. And I mean, there was a skate shop on Wyoming Ave in 44, I think back in the day, they're called Hope Skate Shop. And that was like one of my first bits of exposure to that culture, but I had to travel all the way down to Wilkes-Barre to experience that. So it's cool that we get the chance to step out of our little bubble and, you know, bring the culture to kids in other places. I mean, right now it's mostly just Scranton and Wilkes-Barre, but hopefully in the future we could do like jams in like holly and i don't even know where else i guess like uh carbondale yeah anywhere so um it definitely helps with exposure like getting the name out there but i think more so it just gives kids something to do anywhere that our shop could make like a an impact yeah, and talk about the skating community. Um, I I was never a skater. I always kind of, I mean, I grew up in the country, so I didn't really have yeah. a place to skate, even if I wanted to. It wasn't it wasn't exposed to me. I wasn't around it. <clears throat> I rode bikes, but nothing like it was never like in a, in a BMX and shit like that. But talk sure. about the community, like this the skating community. Because I think you know, I think it kind of it's much better today. But I think back in the day, it had this like negative. Uh, uh, 
connotation to it, like the kids being punks and like screwing I mean, off. And we still are. <laughs> well, yeah, but not. As, <laughs> you're still good kids, though. I mean, like you're not. You're not. Yeah. To, maybe you are. Maybe you're still tagging shit and all that kind of what you know nonsense. But I mean, <clears throat> I know who you are, and I don't think you're doing that. Uh, I'm. I'm sure there's, you know, those in the bunch, but yeah, yeah, it has this like it, it always had this like aura about it that it, you know is like just a bunch of jerk offs. Like, yeah, talk about what the skate community is. I mean, I think it's a lot more than that. It definitely is a lot more than that. I mean, I will say one of the things that attracted me to skating when I was younger is that edge to it and i mean honestly it's what attracted me to hardcore music punk music uh graffiti culture skateboarding all of that was the danger element i'm not an intimidating person whatsoever but i like to surround myself with intimidating circumstances just because i don't know there's something attractive to me about that like that fear element um now i mean i i don't know skateboarding definitely has lost its edge a little bit over the years somewhat for the good somewhat for the not so good um but i mean the positive aspects definitely are you know back in the day i think people were a little more judgmental gatekeepy um they would vibe you out if you walked in and showed signs of not being real, which to a point helps keep a community like that thriving because you need people to eye each other up and make sure everyone's there for the right reasons. But it also can turn real people away from it out of the, the fear element, I guess. Um, But I mean, honestly, when I was a little kid going into a skate shop or going into a record store or whatever, like part of the reason why I wanted to go so bad was because I wanted to feel that like feeling of like, whoa, like this isn't something that's everywhere. And like, I'm getting to be a part of something, you know? So, I mean, for us personally, we try to be as open to everyone as possible. We try to give everyone the benefit of the doubt, even if someone comes in acting a little uh, dumb, I guess. I don't know. There are a lot of stories sure. that come to mind when I say that, but I won't get into it. Um, sure. I get you. But for the most part, we're welcoming to everybody, you know, and it's like you have to give us a reason to vibe you out. Um. Now I'm starting to forget the question. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it was just it was just um, you know, talking about the uh mm. the label that people gave to yeah. the skating culture that, you know, um maybe wasn't yeah, wanted I mean, or maybe just changed over the years. Um, I mean, I think it's still there to a point. Cause I mean, no matter what changes, no one's gonna be happy that we're skating their front porch you know or like skating the steps out front of their house or whatever you know so i mean there will always be that element but i think it kind of needs to be there because skateboarding's not supposed to be like baseball or football even though those things are fine 
but it's supposed to have that underground element to it. And it's the same thing with hardcore and punk. I mean, right now, all of the things that I've loved for my whole life are becoming a lot more popular in the mainstream, which is cool to an extent, but now more than ever, people have to kind of be careful to not sell out their own culture. You know, it's like if hardcore becomes the next like mainstream music style, it's going to lose the whole element that made it what it was in the beginning, that dangerous, exciting, authentic, earnest culture. Um, so, I mean, same goes with skating. Now it's in the Olympics. Now there are kids that are more like contest oriented and it's more of a sport to them as opposed to a culture, which in its own right is fine. It helps get places like Wilkes-Barre Skate Park. But we have to be careful to make sure that the culture is intact, that, you know, people can be a weirdo and still be accepted because once something becomes mainstream, you have to kind of follow different guidelines. Whereas when it was underground, you could be yourself and not worry about getting like condescended down to or whatever. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. I like, I like your point of view on that. Thanks. It kind of has to be, you know, it has to stay that way. Need a little like a salt with the sweet, you know, you can't, Of all one or the other. <laughs> yeah. So well, you, you mentioned um, you know, hardcore music and, and punk and all that kind of stuff. Um yeah. let's talk about a little bit about your uh your involvement with, with music. Sure. Um I believe you play the drums. I play I play a little bit of everything. Um over the years I've played almost every instrument live except vocals. Thank God, because <laughs> that is terrifying. But yeah, front man? Uh, no, not yet. No? <laughs> <laughs> not it's yet. Time. You, got, you got time. I guess. <laughs> Maybe. But yeah, so yeah, I play a little bit of everything. Well, the music you perform is, is uh, of the hardcore genre. Yeah, pretty much every band I've played live is one form or another of hardcore. I played in One Step Closer for a while. Um, That's more on the melodic side. Uh, Choice to Make I've been in. We've been a band since 2018. So, Oh, wow. Whatever the math is on that. Five years. Yeah. yeah. Um, And then Warren has been a lot longer than I've been in the band. But uh, I joined right around 2019. I want to say so. Four years with that, uh, they're all different forms of hardcore and punk. Yeah. I didn't know that you were you spent any time in One Step Closer. Uh, I interviewed Ryan uh, maybe two years ago at this point. Oh, did you? Uh, yeah. Well, it's all funny right. too because I used to live across the street from him. Oh, and Pringle. And Pringle, yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know the timeline of you guys uh, together, and if you were ever at his house. It's just yeah. kind of funny that maybe maybe we had crossed paths, not knowing. Uh, we honestly might have. Yeah, I'm quite a bit older than you guys. Um, <laughs> so when <laughs> when I lived across the street, 
I mean, I was never bothered by it, but those kids were outside skating and all that kind of stuff and, you know, jamming in the basement. And I heard, I heard all oh, of man. it. And yeah. I, would always, I would always hear like the, the, the skateboard hitting the, the road or the, the sidewalk <laughs> and, you know, sitting in my, in my house. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that's funny how that kind of. Yeah. That's crazy. Man. Yeah. I lived Small there. World. Yeah. I lived Small there. Valley. Yeah, was it 2010 to 2016? And then I rented it for a couple of years and I sold it. Yeah. In, uh, in 2019. But uh Oh wow. Yeah, I didn't know that you got you were a part of that that project. It's cool. Yeah, I was uh, a touring member from 2018 to 2020 because of the pandemic. Sure. And then I think I did two or three tours after uh, things started coming back. And then since then, they kind of finalized the lineup, got things sorted out. And also I opened the shop. So it kind of worked out where it was like, they asked me if I wanted to be all in or if I wanted to focus on the skate shop. And obviously I picked the skate shop. So that's kind of where that went, but I still, Ross is one of my best friends and Ryan, I've loved him since yeah. the day I met him. And they're always popping in, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So I was in those band, that band for a while. And then choice to make him warn were choice to makes the one of the three that I've was there from the very beginning and, continue to be in born i wasn't the original drummer was friends with them for a long time and then they needed a drummer so i filled in the position and it's been four years and uh now i'm kind of trying other stuff out so that's cool and you said you're more active with choice to make now i am yeah um so you had a choice to make i did have a choice to make and i made it <laughs> dad joke <laughs> But yeah. yeah, but yeah, uh, you know, I mean, between all of them, and I mean, I've been in a hundred other little bands since I was a freshman in high school, but those are the three that have taken up the most of my life in the past, like ten years, maybe a little less, but yeah. And as far as a hardcore, is that just? that's kind of what you've been surrounded by. So that's kind of what you gravitated to or that's what you love or. Yeah. I mean, when I was a little kid, I mean, my sister, I can thank for most, most of my interests currently, even though I've kind of taken off with them a little more than she has, but she's about six years older than me. When I was a little kid, all of her like friends in the neighborhood were like spiky hair punk kids that skated and used spray paint and all that. And as a little kid, I instantly was like in awe of that culture. I I loved like the energy. I loved the I don't know, like the the exciting, fearful aspect. Fear in a good way. Uh there's got to be a better word, but you know where I'm going. I got you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and then as I got older, I just kept digging deeper into it. 
But my biggest frustration was is I didn't really know about anything going on in my area. So I thought I was one of the only like punk kids around. But then once I went into high school, um, Kate's Mike. Uh, yeah. My Michael? My Michael? My Michael. Kate's my Michael. <laughs> um, yeah, me and him met freshman year, my freshman year of high school, his sophomore year. And we instantly became really good friends. I remember him wearing like an Operation Ivy hoodie in the hallways. And I was like, dude, I thought I was the only one. And then he kind of opened me up to that world more. And then hardcore in a way is cool because it's like, it's really hard to find out what's going on. But the second you get like a little taste of it, the floodgates just open up. So it's like, he told me about a show that was going on at the vintage theater, um, in downtown Scranton. So I went to it and it was like my first experience of like punk music in real life. Captain where singing is not necessarily like the most like capital P punk band, but they were an aspect of that underground culture. And then, you know, from there started going to shows at Redwood and I would see title fight like as often as I possibly could. And I would go see like a lot of local bands and even like a, there's this band United Youth that was from this area. And now I'm in a band with one of the members of United Youth and, you know, it all, all the pieces started connecting and then I was so like entranced with it that I would do anything to go see a band that I liked, whether it be go to like New Jersey, New York, Philly, Richmond, Boston, fucking, I don't know, the list goes on. But this area has connections to all of those places. And I think it's because a lot of people had the same mindset that I have where it's like, you grow up thinking you're the only person interested in something then you find out that there's a whole world that caters to what you love, you know? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a cool scene. I, I, I never got involved in it again. I grew up in the country. So, I mean, yeah, the, the, the times that I uh, left that little bubble of uh Unlock Creek, sweet Valley, you know, was <laughs> yeah very rare. You know, I rode bikes a lot, like I said, but, um, you know, when I when I turned eighteen and, and hit, you know, entered college, and and when I started the weekend, I I found out this whole like this whole scene existed that I never even knew of. Yeah, um, it's neat. Yeah, going back, yeah. To, going back to Michael. I mean, oh my Michael. Have you have you ever? I, the thing about him is like, I've never met a nicer person. <laughs> like other than me. Well, other yeah, of course, other than you. <laughs> but like, I don't know. There's something about that kid, like. It, He's like impossible to hate. Yeah, that's or true. Or dislike. It just, yeah, you know, um, he's just uh, cool to hang out with. Just one of the nicest people. Oh um, yeah, likes to have he a good time. But doesn't never never over the top. Like you just, yeah, just, just chill, dude. Soft spoken guy. I love him. Yeah, but you know, likes to have a good time and hang out. Yeah, yeah. 
No, he's the best. We've been best friends since I was a freshman in high school, I think in 2010, maybe 2009. I forget. But uh, ever since then, we've been best friends. So, yeah, love that guy. Yeah, he's, he's the man. <laughs> Definitely. We were in a band for a good couple of years, too. Actually, my first band was with him. Really? Uh, we I don't even picture him playing music. Really? Yeah. I mean, he's good. He's good at I bet. Music. I'm sure he is. He's a <laughs> yeah, handsome guy. He's probably really good at everything he does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, you know he definitely is. Forget but... what I said. I hate that guy. Oh, yeah. I, that, that guy sucks. All right. <laughs> we'll have to talk <laughs> about that tomorrow. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, my first band ever was with him. Uh we were, I think that started my freshman year of high school. Um, we were called Team, and we would play with uh, another local band that will forever be one of the best bands from this area, Halfling. They're so good. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, that band in its own right opened me up to more than just like Capital P Punk. If it didn't sound like black flag or the circle jerks when i was younger i hated it but then when i started that started playing in that band with mike and uh some of my other friends sean and aaron uh they would open me up to like at the drive-in and i don't know stone roses or third eye blind or like whatever different thing that i would usually write off was and then that honestly helped me open my perspective to other styles of music and i mean that's so important to me now because it's like i'll go see any band now regardless of the style of music and i'll go in with an open mind um and i think when i've seen my friends book shows i think that's an important aspect because there will be people who start a band that sounds like Deftones, and then they'll also start a band that sounds like, I don't know, like the Germs, and then they'll also start a band that sounds like the Smiths. Like, <clears throat> so being open to all different genres, I think, is super important to building a scene in the area. Um, I'm rambling now. I just realized, but you're not. You're good. You're good. It may, it all makes sense, and I, and you're, yeah. you're absolutely right. Thank you. You know, as far as you know, <laughs> I'm trying to, you, know, you shouldn't be closed minded. You should, you know, open yourself up to to new things because you could take those things and, and and apply them to you know what you do and what you love. And it's to ever close yourself off from things in life is is a shame wherever wherever it is. Yeah, definitely. And that kind of goes back to skating where like the kids were like the, the like rough punk kids and stuff. It's cool to have cultures that force people to be open-minded because it really does like help make things exist that wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah. So you mentioned um, some friends who book shows, and, and we talked earlier that when we started, that you also have kind of gotten into that that space. Um, nothing crazy, but it's something that you've done. And I think, 
I don't want to speak for you, but I, I'm, I'm sure it has something to do with, you know, wanting to uh, expose people to different styles, different genres, things like that. And also just to, you know, kind of maybe even see them yourself. Right. But. Oh, definitely. Talk about, yeah. Talk about, uh, you know, what you've done so far with just booking the bands. Yeah. I mean, uh, so there's a couple different things that had put me in the position to book bands in the area. The one was, um, so bizarre when we first opened had a go skate day jam in Scranton at Jackson streets, like the local skate park. Um, we could talk about that later, but, um, so we had that event and then Matt Wren, who also works with us. Shout out Matt who, Wren. Huh? So shout out Matt Wren. I, oh, I keep yeah. saying to Matt, I'm like, Matt, let's open a venue. And he's like, ah, oh, I know I'm trying to. Trying he's to done that. I know he's done it. Yeah, exactly. He's already <laughs> done it. He's like, I'm trying to get my life together. Like, <laughs> it's a headache. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you're good. I mean, yeah, Matt. Uh, Ever since I was a little kid, he was the guy that was always around booking the shows. And now I'm lucky enough to be best friends with him, you know. But um, after we had the Go Skate Day Jam, which was just pretty much 100% skate oriented, which is great. That's, you know, we're a skate shop. But he said it would be cool to do another skate jam in the summer, but like have it be half skate jam, half show. And then I took his idea and I stole it. And then uh, I booked some bands that I was in some bands that I wasn't, that I loved. And now that's the tradition of every year we do the go skate day jam in the beginning. And then we do the end of summer skate jam and Wilkes-Barre at the end. And, uh, you know, I, that is like the thing that I'm always most excited to do. Cause it's like, I'll put the most effort into that. And instead of just asking bands because I'm like, they might be interested and it would fit the bill and it, yada, yada. Instead, it's like, what bands am I dying to see around here? So that's cool in its own right. But aside from that, It'll usually be like uh, one of my friends from out of town will hit me up saying my band's touring and Wilkes-Barre is on the route. Would you be able to help us out with the show? And then that just makes it easier to be like, okay, like now when I ask other bands, I'll say this band is locked in because they asked me to book it because they're on tour. And then I'll go from there. Um, and I mean... Spent a lot of stuff in between, uh, but I've been trying to get my hand into booking a little more than I used to. Um, but I mean, you know, my friend TK, uh, he was in United Youth and is now in Choice to Make. He books shows. Uh, my friend Nate that sings in Choice to Make, he books shows. Um, there's my buddy Nate from Bethlehem who actually books in Scranton Wilkes-Barre area. Um, so I mean, between all of us, I think we're kind of trying to build our own little scene back up because, you know, it got a little quiet during the pandemic 
things died down and now we're trying to really build it up again. So what what venues do you typically book at? So um originally we had the hive, which was like a DIY venue in a warehouse in Wilkes-Bear. That closed down after the pandemic. And then where was since that at? then where was that at? Uh right by Angelos. I forget the exact address. If your back is to the door of Angelo's and you look in that like little like street, uh, there's the drugstore on the one corner. And then I forget what on the other corner you go down there. There's a big warehouse. It's right there. What a close. Uh, the landlord. <laughs> okay. He wasn't, he wasn't too excited about the, uh, okay the shenanigans all right okay bum but uh since then uh we had actually one show in the skate shop that won't be a regular thing but for (laughs) the time that we did it it was great um i mean we do like comedy shows art shows acoustic shows but uh this was the one time we had full bands play and it was so great for us, but if we made it a regular thing, our neighbors would have us evicted for sure. Right. But other than that, um, we booked at the Kaiser Valley. My friend Nate booked the show, Kaiser Valley Community Center. Um, there's Basement Arts in Wilkes-Barre. I haven't had a show there yet, but I'm booking one in January. Um where else we've done shows at my friend jared's uh like house shows where it's like you have to ask for the address which in its own way is cool because i mean if you go and it's like it's an open invitation but you kind of have to be a part of the community to kind of know where it's at but done two or three shows there that was really cool uh my friend Bob booked that glitter show at Axel Red. Mm-hmm. So hopefully Dave and Matt will let me book <laughs> a show there one day too. Uh, but right now it's like there's no solid, solitary, all ages venue. So we're just kind of going rogue with it and just finding any room that will hold four bands for about four hours or whatever you know so and so far it's been working and if anything it's been making it exciting because it feels fresh and new and it's not really getting stale because oh doug's boardroom sorry that's a big one uh well it's funny you should mention that because kate was like oh yeah we've had tons of shows because kate uh kate's mom's boyfriend owns doug's boardroom yeah yeah market street in kingston uh great place for cornhole but she's like oh yeah we've had like eight shows there whatever it was i'm like what i think at this point it might be four uh yeah i'm not trying to hype myself up too much but i had the honors of booking the first show at doug's boardroom uh and it was so good and doug is such a nice the way you were talking about mike it's very similar to doug where he's just such a nice, soft-spoken, happy person. 
you know it seems like that like and you know and kate's mom is the same way kate i mean yeah. she's has her moments <laughs> but kate is awesome we i don't know what you're talking about i love kate and if you want to talk about it tomorrow oh, we'll no. talk she'll admit it she'll admit it i know i know <laughs> But no, but like the yeah. whole the whole family and the, the everything about them is just like, like, how did you get so nice? How does this happen? Good vibe, like, yeah, how did this I don't happen? know. I I love all those guys: Kate's right? dad, Kate's mom, Doug, mm-hmm. Mike, Kate's aunts, cousins, everybody. They're all yeah, all good people. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's been a cool thing, and it's like. Doug opened it with the intention of just being a cornhole spot, but then now it's doubling as a venue. And I don't think he expected that at all, but I think every time it's happened, there have been shows like even the first one I booked, I just like kept reassuring him where I'm like, the music sounds scary, but don't worry. We'll make sure nothing bad happens. And he was like laughing at me because he, he was like, you don't need to give me the rundown. It's fine. I don't care. And then by the end of the night, he was just like hanging out, drinking a beer, like loving it. He's in the pit, you know. Just... Not yet, but we'll get him out there <laughs> one day. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, so far, every time it's been great. And Kate just had turnover play there, yeah. um, which is huge. Turnover hasn't played the area since one of my first shows that I went to with Mike, um, Westside Park was another legendary venue in the area in Nanticoke. So many great shows have happened there. I've seen Turnstile there, seen Title Fight there, wow. Turnover, and they didn't even headline that show because they were pretty young. Daylight, uh, I want to say Basement, I'm not sure. But yeah, I mean... The list goes on. But that's the cool thing about this area is that when shows are happening in cornhole spots and community centers and VFW halls and basements and stuff, skate shops, that adds to that feeling of like excitement and like, whoa, I'm in like a strange environment where, because I feel like. I love the aspect of going to a show at a venue where they have the lights set up and they have the sound guy and you give your ticket to whoever, but there's something to be said about walking up to like a community center in the middle of a neighborhood in some town you've never heard of. And then you walk up to some kid that looks just like you and you hand them 10 bucks and they X up your hand. And then you walk into this random room to see like incredible bands just play for hours, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I kind of saw um, the Menzingers when they used to do that holiday show and it was that, that church or whatever it was. Oh yeah. The, was it the gymnasium? Yeah. It was, it was weird. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember that show. They'll never do that yeah. again. Right. Maybe they will. will. I don't know about that spot, but actually one of the holiday shows was at the Kaiser Valley Community Center. That was such a good show. Yeah. That's cool. I I can't wait for 
the next generation to build that up again, where it's like there could be a modern holiday show. And I mean, I love the men's singers, Tiger's Jaw, Captain, we're sinking all those bands. But I, I think they're kind of doing their own thing now, and I think that's cool. But I, I'm excited for the next group of kids to start the the bands that touch the whole world that get to make this area special. Yeah, I mean, this area continues to be special, but I'm excited to see what the holiday show will look like in like 20 years or hopefully not that long. But you know what I mean? I'm, ex- sure. I'm excited for that to happen, hopefully sooner than later. Yeah, I got you. Well, I mean, we talked about Bizarre. We talked about booking shows. We talked about yeah. Caleb, the musician, not the magician, okay. the mu- musician. I'm working on magic, but I, right, I haven't yeah. I gotten yeah. it down yet. Sure. Well, we'll talk about that when you're when you're into that. Yeah. Um, I guess the last thing is... Uh, your life at Axelrad. I mean, again, I, I feel yeah. it's a weird, it's a weird dynamic. Um, <laughs> and weird only because, like, you know, I'm up front, you're in the back. Yeah, you know, we'll 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 see the crossing paths, and which is which is fine. But we don't get to spend we'll a lot of time lunch together. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it's been fun the last couple. I'm gonna I'm gonna miss the, uh, you know, you in the lunchroom, and I'll walk in to grab my lunch out of the fridge or put you know put in the microwave and. Uh, Hey, when am I going to come on the show? Or and I and I'll pretend like I'm interviewing you on the spot. <laughs> I mean, we can keep the bit going. I'll act like this never happened. Well, the one my one of my favorite things was <laughs> I forget what we were doing, but you you, damn it, I can't remember what it was. But it was my favorite thing. You were just yeah. talking, and I just walked out of the door. I just walked out of the room, <laughs> and I heard you say, "Oh, and he's and he's gone." <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't like I didn't do it to be a dick at all. Just kind of like that it was no, our, I know. That, was, that was our our bit, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a lot of fun. But so I, I remember you know you were you were in the ink department for a long time and then you moved into screen printing. Uh I don't know yeah. how long you've been in Axelrod, longer than I have been there. Been um, there about six years now. It's a long time. It's a special place. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, uh I lived on Park Ave in Wilkes-Barre for a little bit. That was my first apartment. And I needed a job. All my roommates worked there already. So they got me the job there. And it was just as like seasonal help. They were doing a radio head job and needed like extra hands. But me and my friend Dylan, when seasonal help wasn't needed anymore, we just kept showing up. And then after maybe like a month, uh, Dennis who for those don't that don't know is my manager or and friend and you know uh a spiritual guide spiritual guide yeah yeah um he came up to me and he was like wait do you work here and i was like no <laughs> he was like i guess i got to get you like papers and stuff right and i'm like I'm like whatever you want to do <laughs> sure and then since then, I just kind of bounced around. I worked in the ink department, uh, screen reclaim. Well, I've only helped out there, but uh, stacking, shipping, uh, now printing. I don't know. A little bit of everything. Yeah. I think we all have done um, a little bit of everything. 
Yeah. Not, not me so much. I've never really gotten to the back yet. I yeah. Pressed, I've, I've pressed a few shirts in the DTG area. Nice. I've nice. embroidered some hats myself. There you go. I haven't done embroidery at all yet. Yeah. So, well, I've cleaned like the Yeah, strings. everyone does that. Mel is always crying. I need help. I need help. I know. I know. That, that department right now is drowning. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. Too much work. Actually, I did a couple like Scranton Wilkes Bear, like Red Baron's bootleg hats a while ago. I was going to do them again, but if that's the vibe, maybe I'll hold off for a little while. <laughs> yeah. But well, I mean, it's just busy. I mean, it's, it's the time of year, you know, a lot of oh, yeah. gifts, you know, the nice embroidered jackets and. I've got a job in there for uh, the Lion Brewery. They're doing jackets and uh, Carhartt lunch boxes. Like, it's just those Love guys it. are probably are probably in there twenty four seven. Yeah, yeah. But this is the nature of the business, right? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, I love working there. Honestly, like I couldn't imagine being anywhere else as long as I have been there. For think other than that, the longest job that I've had was a grocery store job for like three years yeah and i don't know well, now I mean, I that. you really you really could you can't add, and i'm not going to say this to to you know blow anybody or um you know whatever you want to call it yeah um you know where else can you go where you work like four owners ownership like dave and matt <laughs> yeah um, you know you you have you know dennis as your your zen master yeah. <laughs> uh you know it's just it's just a it's it's a it's a great place and what what yeah, Dante I, as my coach. Dante man, he's he's the man. He really is. He he's is. I he's love that coach. guy. He scared the shit. I remember when he first walked in the door, maybe two years ago. <laughs> he walked in the door and it's just just this big dude. And deep, uh deep voice. Deep, deep <laughs> voice, deep, big dude. And uh, I'm like, hey man, can I'm I help scared, you? yeah. But then he steps out of the way, and I'm standing there, and you're like, whoa, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> oh. I'm like, hey man, can I help you? He's like, yeah, I'm here to see Dennis. I'm like, oh shit. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'll go see if he's available. <laughs> I'm like, Dennis, there's this guy up front looking for you, man. He, and he goes, he says his name Dante. He goes, oh shit, Dante. I'm like, okay, cool, all right, we're we're, we're good. But, uh, yeah, when he first yeah. walked in, like, holy shit. <laughs> I remember the one time I was getting my friend a job there and uh, I was on the phone with my buddy and Dante was like, wait, before he starts working here, I got to talk to him. Then he just grabs the phone with his like super deep voice. He's like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> and the kid just, I couldn't hear him on the other end, but I'd imagine that he was petrified yeah, by I'm just sure. a deep voice. Yeah. But yeah, and he's got those Carhartt boots on all the time, just like and with the fucking Axel Rad overalls, yeah. and he's the beanie. And I'm yeah. yeah. I I always say he, he he reminds me. He looks like James Harden. James Harden. I'd have to Google. Him. A, yeah. Well, after this is over. I mean, Google I'm that. sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm Google sure I know him, but I'd have to see uh see a face to recognize. It's a basketball player. Oh, okay. But uh, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean. I mean, we work with just a great, there's not, there's not one like asshole that yeah. works there. Like you said it before, you know, just you're surrounded by people who like help each other. And that's exactly what that place is. Like, yeah. Like, well, Dennis keeps, Dennis wants to come on. Dennis wants to be on the show. And I said, dude, name, name the date. He goes, no, no. Yeah. 
I want to do it in person. And I'm like, I need to get a studio, man. I got to find a studio. I, and I don't make money. That doing was this. right there. Huh? Got one right there. This is my basement. This is the this is the bar in my basement, dude. This is not <laughs> a studio, and I am not about to have. Uh, I mean, there's people I would have in my home, but I'm not up about yeah. to have randos in my home. Dennis is a rando to no, you. No, he's not. That's what I'm saying. Like, oh, okay. I'm happy to have him in my home, but like other people, I'd have you in my home. But there's people that I don't know that I interview. Yeah. Um, yeah. that you know, it would be it would be strange. That's what I said. I'm like, I gotta find a studio. I don't make money doing this. I need to find a space that I can. And I don't need a lot of space. Just need like a a twelve by twelve or a ten by ten, you know, room. Yeah. And yeah. I could have table, some microphones, some cameras. Uh, and ideally something I don't have to like, you know, set up and break down every time I, I do a podcast. Um, there you go. But I said, you know, hey, and he was like, no, I'm not going to do it until it's face to face. I'm like, all right, dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. That's the goal for yeah. 20, 2024. See. There you go. I'll yeah. be listening to that episode for sure. I can't wait. Well, that'll be your second one. Your second yeah. episode. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I love working there. Also, with the amount of times I've had to take off work for tour, I couldn't imagine I would keep a job the way I have with Axelrad. Right. Yeah. It got to the point where I was so nervous to ask Dennis if I could like take off two or four weeks <laughs> that he would come up to me after the tour got announced. He would see it on Instagram and walk up to me and be like, do you need some time off? And I'd be like, fuck <laughs> I'd be so bummed. <laughs> yeah. He would be also bummed. But I mean, no, they were always cool with it. And I mean, I don't tour as much as I used to, thank God. But um, I don't know. They they get it there. Yeah, I mean, dude, I have not no. missed I have not missed my kids like any of my kids' games. I coach my son's baseball team. Um, you know, if I have to leave a half hour early, <laughs> not a problem. It's 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 yeah, you said they get it. You know, everyone. I mean, they get their their parents themselves. They have children. They they just get the fact that life is also important, and it's yeah, yeah, important to take care of your family. So I couldn't have said it better myself. That's because you didn't say it. I said it. You did say it. I heard you. <laughs> well, dude, I really like. I'm really happy that we did this. Yeah, this was great. Yeah. Now we uh now we know each other. We're like besties now. We are, yeah. We don't have to pretend that we like each other in the in the the break room. It was never pretend. It wasn't pretend know. for me. Sometimes it felt like pretend for you. I'm not sure. No, I'm just I know, I'm kidding. I'm just goofy like that. I don't no, know. No, you're good. You're good, dude. <laughs> no, it's 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 always cool to like <clears throat> you know talk to people at length. And unfortunately, we you know at work we're busy. Yeah, we're, we're yeah. being paid to do a job, so it's uh, it's good to spend some time with you and get to know you and yeah, a little bit of your background. Kate's gonna be so excited to hear you uh, talk about my Michael in my such Michael. high regard. She knows that it's no secret. I know that's why they've been together for that a too. million years. Yeah, <laughs> but anyone listening, like, so you know, Mike is a uh, common name, obviously, and yeah. uh, whenever someone would say Mike, Kate would say. Or Michael, she say my Michael. So now, now he's Michael's name is my Michael. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's funny. <laughs> I but love dude, it. Bizarre skate shop, two and a half years old. I hope yeah. uh, that I'll still know you and be friends with you when it's twenty years old. 
It's a mm-hmm. long time away, but I'm excited for. Yeah. Uh, well, you're in a good spot too. Adams Avenue in Scranton. It's the oh my whole God, yeah. the whole road is very like just DIY community yeah. arts entertainment. You have the the barber shop there. I haven't oh been God, up there in a man. while, but the, the vegan the vegan restaurant I think is still yeah, there. The, the tattoo shop was there, right? Yeah, uh, Mark's was actually where we are. Uh, loyalties next door. Right. Uh, Spice Asian Market is across the street. Okay. Great people and the bog, of course. Right, of course, the bog. So yeah. this is more so Tom's story to tell than mine, but uh. You know, when he was first, like, old enough to drink and they would go out skating and then go to the bog, he would always talk about, he was like, one day we'll be next, right across the street, we'll have a skate shop. So, like, when it became possible for us to get the space to him, it was like a sign that it needed to happen because he was like, we got that spot. So, we're lucky to be here. And, I mean, I grew up going to Embassy Vinyl. Right. I booked a hundred shows that no one showed up to. But then uh, me and Kate, when I was a freshman in college, booked a record store day show there. And one of like one of my best favorite memories was it was like Tiger's Jaw acoustic. Bobby Barnett played. I want to say Halfling played. Uh, I don't know. It was a full day event. Spur, uh, West Point. I want to say, I don't know. A lot of bands. But by the time Tiger's Jaw was playing, there were kids like spilling out the door wrapped around the corner because there are windows on both sides. They were like watching through the window. It was like packed. And RJ was like, for all the shows you booked that no one showed up to, this one makes up for that. So so that Embassy Vinyl, even though it's gone, will always be the place that got me into Fugazi and everything that I love, you know. So That's cool. So I owe it all to RJ. All right. <laughs> love that guy. Well, thanks for taking the time. Yeah, thank you. Like I said, it was great to to spend some time with you. Oh yeah, uh, you too. Now we can fist bump and as as we're passing because now we're we're like that now we're we're close. Whoa, I don't know, I don't know if I go to fist bump level. Oh, okay, all right. No, I'm just kidding. Of course, <laughs> we but gotta yeah. keep the, we gotta keep the bit going though. I I I I, I know. I, missed, I love our little back and forth. I'd miss that. Hey. I'd, I'd miss that. Oh, me too. So, we need to have. It. We'll keep it going. All right. <laughs> well buddy best of luck with uh, Bazaar best of luck Thanks. with Booking Bands best of luck with all the bands you're a part of oh cool thank you uh, and uh, best of yeah. luck with Axel Rad hopefully, hopefully we're you know we're there forever see you tomorrow you know? I'll see you tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> awesome. right, buddy, take, take care alright later alright thanks bye